One-on-one with Adetokounmpo, shoots over two. Offensive rebound, Chandler to Bargnani. What is he doing? What is he doing, folks? Why would he shoot the ball? Why? Andrea Bargnani with a gap that he immediately acknowledges, tapping on his chest. The Nick bench absolutely stunned. And with that shot, the Knicks are going to need one more defensive stop. Clyde, they basically had it set up for free throws and a chance to ice the game. And Bargnani, for reasons only known to him, took the three. He never hesitated. <laughs> Gathered himself to take the shot. Now, why do we continue to root for the Knicks? Well, that's for reasons only known to us. Nickish Podcast Episode 6 Boudier and the Return of the Tank. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the Nick-ish podcast. This is episode number six. Uh, he's Nafi, I'm Mo, and what's up Nafi, man? Like, we, we were just talking about the, the Philly game that's going on right now uh, against the Knicks that just ended. It was a great game. Was that a game or was that like like a live execution? Okay, I'm still, still trying to figure that out. That's a, that was a straight slaughter. The Knicks just lost by uh, 26-ish points. 117 to 91, but hey, man, I I, but, I dig it. But, 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 Mitchell Robinson block MB twice. So really, who really won? Hmm? <laughs> who really won? But no, I mean, this is honestly a win. I mean, we're back on track. The tank is still is back in motion. You know what I mean? We're back like, to we earth. A little blip. That's what I'm saying. We got a little blip on the radar with that with that yucky ass three three game win streak. But uh, yeah, we're got this got this shit rolling again you know what i mean um i i checked zion is still a freak in nature and uh, let me check my notes real quick he's he's still gonna be in the draft coming up so you know we're back on track you know what i mean we're good we're, to go it's, it's, it's all good vibes yeah you know what i mean this is a perfect tank game but i'm um, not nah, on a serious note you know what i mean it's um kind of crazy three game win streak i honestly did not expect like a like a win streak at all until like maybe like after the all-star break you know what i mean i figured we'd be one of those teams that like lose a bunch maybe like alternate wins and losses here and there to start the season but uh, it, was, it was nice to see honestly you know it was a good three playoff caliber team so now you, you can't really ask for much more from a young you know scrappy team like ours so what do you think of that win streak doug i i mean you know it was nice seeing them play hard especially the grizzlies game man they they these kids were were really about playing for fizzdale because Fizdale was the Grizzlies' former coach, and they fired Fizdale. Uh, so the Knicks really wanted this redemption game for 
for their coach and it's pretty cool he's basically like their dad right so uh they they were losing they caught up they surpassed the grizzlies grizzlies were catching up and then you know emmanuel moutier was playing great he had that one dunk on garrett temple you know what i'm saying and that was that was a great game uh that they won and then the games after that were okay uh they lost to the pistons they lost to the sixers today but you know i i was i was cool with the streak it was okay yeah i mean on that note on a more somber note uh rest in peace to uh mr garrett temple i'm sure that man had a family and uh Boudier made sure that man i mean that that family doesn't see their dad or brother again so rest in peace but um <laughs> like yeah, Moody. Honestly, he was probably the most pleasant surprise out of this three-game win streak. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we're both like documented on not on record yet, but like just in our own private conversations. Like Moody has uh, been Boudier for the last two years. You know what I mean? Uh, I see what you did really there. Shit, you know? <laughs> Do you see it? Because I kind, I kind of, I was kind of no looky there over there. I don't know. I mean, I think you recognize that. But uh, no, nah, he used to be ass, and now he's like he's he's playing decent, and I think that just goes back to what we were mentioning on the last podcast. Just our like, I guess, um, our assessment of Fizz so far. Like, if you go back to the, his intro press conference, first player he called out, just like in that intro press conference, was like Moody. He said, "Yo, Moody, we're gonna get you right, kid." You know what I mean? So like. Like, he's the only one that really had that kind of faith in Moutier. I, mean, I didn't see much, like, Knicks fans, Knicks bloggers, Knicks writers, or even just reporters in general having any kind of positive attitude towards Moutier. He was kind of, like, forgotten when we were talking about our point guards. We had Trey Burke, who had, like, kind of a hot streak last season. We had the recent lotto pick and Frank, you know, our baby boy. So, like, Moutier got forgotten, and, like, he's, he could play really well. You know what I mean? Like, he's looking like a decent point guard. His numbers are kind of... Are looking pretty good, efficient offense. He's honestly like finishing pretty good around the rim, and like and that goes to like the whole player development aspect that Fizdale instituted. You know what I mean? Like here he's like a former lottery pick that was given up on by one team. He's trying to like revive his career, and Fizdale like got him right so far. You know what I mean? And same with Vonley. You know what I mean? He's been on a couple teams, and like uh, Fizdale just bringing the best out of him. And I think he said recently how. Vonley probably has been our best two-way player. It's hard to argue that because, like, I know he's not, like, super skilled on offense. He hasn't really showed any kind of, like, shooting range or anything like that, but he knows his role, plays good D, and it's dope to see that out of, like, all the, like, former lottery picks, recent lottery picks that we picked up over the summer, like, two of them are, are really, like, looking up and, like, playing the best they have in their career. So I got to give hats off to Fizz, you know what I mean? Like, that dude's just – He's a player development guru, and he's uh, it's coming through at least early on, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> you and I know Moody especially well because he was drafted the same year as Porzingis, and that was the year that oh, man. we we had <laughs> Porzingis. I mean, that number four pick that we got back in 2015 was our highest pick in uh, like 20, 30 years, right? Uh, since probably 1985. Yeah, 1985 yeah. with Patrick Ewing and. We both had an eye on Emmanuel Moody, a six foot five point guard who was playing in China professionally. He didn't play college ball. He's still he's really nice. He got a six foot nine wingspan. He's a point guard of the future. And I was a little upset that we didn't pick him up when we picked up Przingis. Uh, but that was also before you know we knew what Przingis could become. Uh, but yeah, to add on to your point, uh, he wasn't so good. He being Emmanuel Moody wasn't so good when he joined the Knicks uh, towards the end of last season. And then this season. 
Uh, he played in five preseason games. He averaged about two points, and he shot 15% from the floor. He missed his first 17 out of 20 field goal attempts, and he made he didn't make a single three-pointer. And then he hurt his right ankle, and then he got you know he was out for a few games. And then when he did come back, he wasn't playing so well. But it's really great to see him, you know, putting it together and being way more efficient, shooting way more confidently. And you know, it's it's nice to see Moutier playing the way he is. And you know, hopefully he continues to to play that way. And to follow up with you on Noah Vonley, shit, he is. I was looking at his stats, and this guy is getting. Let me let me let me tell you. Uh, a few games ago, he last week against New Orleans, he scored 14 points, 11 rebounds, but he also got five assists, and he scored I think four three pointers, and he got two steals and two blocks. Like he's he he's a he's a stat stuffer right now. Uh, even with limited minutes, uh, he'll be getting six points, seven rebounds, and three blocks. You know, and I think he scored a three pointer in every one of his last five games, at least. So you know, Noah Vonley's been. A very pleasant surprise. Very pleasant surprise, and man, I'm so glad we didn't have a podcast back in 2015. So there's no re- recollection or on record uh, recording of, of us, you know, talking about that draft because like uh, it would be very embarrassing. <laughs> well, we were we were mad pissed. We passed on John Wall 2.0 for Andrea Bargnani. That's that's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea Bargnani 2.0. So you know, glad glad that didn't happen. We were all the way on Przingis from the beginning. You know absolutely, I mean? absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent, certainly. You know what I mean, let's move on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, we got we also got to give credit where credit is due, right? Uh, I think a certain somebody might have listened to our podcast last week, um, and he came out and he got twenty one points and twenty six rebounds. Uh, what do you want to say about our boy Ennis Canner? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, that's nice. You know, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm sure whatever team has him next season, will will look back fondly on these highlights he's putting up. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll some real shit though. Yeah, I mean, in that in that Memphis win, I know it was like kind of a our most like important win so far. It was probably like the most fiery. All our players were. Uh, he was like cancer, obviously like. As, as emotional of a, of a gigantic dyke that he is, he was leading the emotional charge of that game. You know what I mean? Him, Hardaway, and Moutier were just all over Fizz, happy for him. So um, he played a big role in that game. You know, I saw him bodying up Gasol, and obviously his stat line speaks for itself. So, you know, props props are due when it's due. So good, good shit to, to anus, cancer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, none, none more on my end. Really emphasize that name that there. Day. Anus. Enus? Anus. Enus. Penis. Whatever. Whatever whatever suits your fancy. I mean. <laughs> moving on once again. Let's uh let's uh let's let's hurry away from this topic. <laughs> uh, uh but <laughs> no, like something something that I've I've noticed, um you know, we give a lot of high praise to David Fizdale for everything that he's done so far. But something that I've noticed that uh, has you know really caught my eye is the number of minutes that he's giving out to his players right now the minute distribution, and from the way it looks, a lot of his a lot of the minutes are going to guys who will be free agents next season. You know like Ennis Canner, 
uh, Trey Burke, and whoever else, um, and some of the older guys. But the least minutes are going to, at least currently, our young guys like Frank Nilakina today. He played 14 minutes. Uh, Kevin Knox played 23. Trier played 22. Moody 21. Uh, you know, what's your what's your take on that? What what do you? Because before you know, a few episodes ago, we were praising him for giving the young guys the most minutes. And we thought we were saying that that's a great decision. Let them, you know, just throw them in the fire. Let them learn. Uh, but now it looks like he's giving more minutes to guys like Ennis Canner, um, who he played 41 minutes last game. Uh, not tonight, though. Um, you know, what do you? What's your take on that? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm still riding like the the Fizz hype train. It's not even hype, honestly. Like. Um, we both know each other. It's like if a Knicks coach just just fucks up, we're both gonna speak our mind and just like you know explicitly state how he's fucking up and how like how we disagree with with what's happening. But um, I guess if you want to pick nits or nitpick whatever, that could be something you could bring up. Is just like not like the a bunch of playing time for Frank and Knox, especially our two like most recent lotto picks. But it's also like, you got to realize we got the youngest team in the league, right? At least top three youngest. And I don't recall Lance Thomas getting big minutes. You know what I mean? And Cantor, it, it is what it is at this point. He's probably like uh, like our number two scorer. You know what I mean? And Timmy's gonna be getting them minutes just because like his contract and like his his role on the team. He's like the guy. You know what I mean? So and all these other guys that are playing like they're getting major minutes like Vonley, Moutier, Hizania. They're all like not even 24 yet, bro. 22, 23. So um, I think it's it's kind of it's tough not to see Frank like get like maybe 25, 30 minutes a game, but it's also just like Chris is a player's coach to, to and to earn that kind of buy-in and like that that lo- like that loving embrace from his players. You mean like the emotion they played for him with the emotion they played with for him on that Memphis game? She was beautiful because they treated like I've never seen a next coach that that love before, and like you said, they treated him like a dad, right? Mm-hmm. So like that that's got to come from like a, a trust factor. And they trust Fizz to play the dudes that earn the playing time. So as much as we want to see Knox and like Frank get like as many minutes as possible, I can't fault the dude for playing guys that are like maybe not, like not even like three years old older than those kids, and play those guys over them if they're objectively playing better. You know what I mean? Like and like Knox and Frank and even Robinson ain't been playing that many minutes lately, and that's mostly because of foul trouble. Like he's still playing Trier, the undrafted rookie that's like breaking all kinds of undrafted rookie records. You know what I mean? Like just just last night, the Detroit game, he had what 24, 10, and seven off the bench. You know what I mean? And to be honest, my only big gripe with Fizdale, I mean, despite the, like the fluctuation in minutes for Frank and Knox, is just him not playing Dotson like for four games straight. You know? And yeah. Dotson comes in last night for the first time in four games, and he lights it up off the bench. Like he, like he definitely didn't didn't forget how to play basketball. You know what I mean? Like he's still pretty good. Who'd have thought? You know what I mean? And uh, I think that goes to Fizz, just like kind of sticking with what works. You know what I mean? In that three-game win streak, he's like, okay, this is the rotation that's winning us these games. Let's ride it out. So, like, even then, you can't really fault him completely. But it it, it was kind of weird to see um, Dotson not even get up off the bench those games, but. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm still riding Fizdale. We're still in that honeymoon phase. You know what I mean? Like, but I see what you mean. Like, I would definitely love to see Frank get 30 minutes a game, play through his mistakes. But if the other guys are playing better and 
you know, you gotta you gotta get that buy-in from the players somehow, you know. So like, there there's no scholarships in the NBA, you know what I mean? Like you got you gotta earn your playing time, and we don't know what's happening behind the scenes because that's what player development happens. That one-on-one time with coaches and practices, you know what I mean? Like skill training, you know what I mean? And then over the summer, like these kids are gonna be work still in the next facility. They're gonna be working with Fizz directly and the staff. So I think it's it's crucial for them to kind of learn that nah, I'm not gonna be handed playing time, you know and Rizzo even came out recently and said that, like, his rotations have been changing so much in, in, like, these last 25 games because it's like an extended training camp because the team's so young, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of these dudes are brand new to this kind of situation, and we're in a rebuilding year. So I got a great amount of curve just because as Knicks fans, you and I both know, Doug, like, we never had, like, a flagrant, like, rebuilding year like this where we just went all in on, on a whole group of, of youngins, you know what I mean? And focus on the future and development as opposed to trying to like, you know, blindly make the playoffs and hype ourselves up. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's my take on Fizz. But I feel like you got some – you got a little bit more harsh critique or am I, am I wrong on that? No, no. I, not really. I just wanted your, your, your take on the minute distribution. I don't I, – at the end of the day, based off what's been seen, I, I don't want to be the one to second-guess David Fizzdale. Uh, just from – I think his resume speaks for itself – I do trust him. I was just a little. It's it's more of curiosity why why you think that's the case, um, but yeah, it could just be you know a part part of his learning curve, and maybe he is doing to doing it to shut up Ennis Canner, but uh, you know giving him a little bit more minutes. But the the Damian Dotson not playing for four straight games out or you know three straight games. I'm not. I don't really know what to make of that. There there were several teams that reached out to to the Knicks to see if Dotson's available now um, for, for trade, but you know, I don't think the Knicks are going to go with that. Uh, Definitely not. Yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, but outside the NBA, I mean, outside the Knicks at least, uh, one player that I think whose teams are looking to trade is uh, Markel Fultz from the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, what do you make of this kid? He, he has the yips. Half the half the people out there are saying that it's a mental uh, issue. It's the other half are saying it's a physical issue. Um, it's such a bizarre case. He he was the number one drafted pick from the 2017 draft, and uh, he was known to be a great shooter, great scorer, uh, a franchise player. And last season he had a shoulder injury, and then suddenly he had trouble shooting. He kind of he had a very awkward form, and then he didn't play for most of the season. And then throughout this last summer, he was he was training with the coach to I guess relearn how to shoot and develop a new shooting form. And this season, he you know he his shot looked bad. It just didn't look good. Uh, he had a weird free throw. He was you know throwing it from one hand to the other and then throwing it up. Uh, and now it looks like there's disagreements all throughout the entire 76ers. Uh, you know, team right now, and they might be looking to trade him. Uh, what's your <laughs> What's your take on Markel Fultz right now? And would you want Would you consider trading for him if you were on the Knicks? Shit is weird, bro. This whole saga is just weird from June of twenty seventeen until now. It's just so fucking weird. Like, I, we've never seen this before, you know what I mean? Like, we know the NBA is full of drama, but uh, it's, it's just weird. And honestly, like, I feel for the kid. He's only 20. He's still a kid, and, like, he's, he's got a microscope on him, and 
yeah, he's getting paid millions. So how, there's only like a certain amount of sympathy that I guess millionaires are owed. You know what I mean? If they're getting that much money to bounce a ball up and down the court, but he's still a kid at the end of the day. And I feel like it's definitely a yips kind of issue. Like he's in his head and I don't know, like that trainer you just mentioned, that was trying to like teach him how to shoot again over the summer. Apparently that tra- he's not cool with that trainer anymore. Like they just have not been on speaking terms the last few weeks. And this guy, Drew Hanlon, over the summer, he actually raised some eyebrows because he tweeted something how, like, in response to a fan, how Fultz isn't healthy yet. You know what I mean? He's still not healthy. And then they questioned Fultz about it, and Fultz is just like, oh, no, that's that's false. You know, I'm fine. So, I don't know. Like, he's there. What's being publicly said from Fultz and from the Sixers just doesn't match with what's being reported. But here we are. Fultz isn't even playing because he just pulled himself off the team him and his agent to go to New York to see specialists for his health. So, I mean, I saw the report and I mentioned it to you, how like the Sixers um, don't see him in their short term and future plans, you know, so they, they got their big three now. So um, I definitely think a trade's going to happen. And on the fault side of things, there's a report that came out that his people, his agents or whatever, his entourage, they have three teams in mind that they want to see faults um, get traded to. And I uh, guess who guess which one of those, Guess what one of those three teams is, bro. Man, we're always on the list, and we never get to play. But we're, I'm, I'm assuming, in the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks. Nets, Phoenix, Lakers, what? Nah, Knicks, Phoenix, and Orlando. Oh, so all oh. three teams that don't really have a solid uh, point guard option yet. You know what I mean? We got Frank, but, I mean, uh, this is interesting. That's the question. Like, I would, I would, That's the question. I would, Will you, would you consider yeah, trading frank 100 okay no no, no 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 i want to trade frank oh but that was I, I don't think we don't we i don't think we would have to trade frank for him that's the thing i think the sixes right now they got their young core simmons and Embiid, and they got their established star that they just traded for you know what i mean right now i think they need a veteran three and d shooter and we got one of those that's been sidelined you know courtney lee so i think if they if they could take Courtney I thought you were going to say Lance and, Thomas for a second. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about Cornelie. But continue. Yeah, and, like, Cornelie's still a solid vet. He'll fit that starting lineup perfectly, dog. You know what I mean? Like, bring him off the bench. Like, you don't, like, you don't miss a beat in terms of, like, the offense you could run because he could you could use him similar to J.J. Redick. Obviously not that good a shooter, but he's still, like, a, a decent three-point shooter, definitely on the catch and shoot, playing off of ball-dominant guys. So and they need shooting, so... We throw him Courtney Lee, maybe like two second round picks, you know what I mean? For faults, like that's definitely them selling low. But like at this point, it's a sunk cost, right? Like it's obvious his people don't want him there, and supposedly the Sixers don't even want him there anymore. So get yourself a three and D role player that fits your big three, and then get get just get faults out of there, you know what I mean? But it's also a flip side to it. Like he's got a lot, like a microscope on him, you know what I mean? Like a lot of like attention played to him. And he's been like facing pressure, so I don't think it's smart to put that kid in the New York media market. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that doesn't seem wise. So I definitely feel like Orlando or Phoenix would probably be the better spots for him, just so he can just grow and develop out of the limelight and just get back to playing basketball away from the drama and like that added pressure of being the the missing piece to the process. You know what I mean? Like. When they traded for him, it was like a big celebration. Like you, you saw how the Sixers on, on Twitter and social media posted that picture of like Fultz coming in for their workout. Yeah, they, they took a picture with him, Simmons, um, Embiid, and Covington. Like 
that was crazy for a kid that wasn't even technically on their team yet, you know? And now look where we are. So, I mean, at this point, it is what it is for the Sixers. Like, I would definitely take a shot on faults, but I want to trade any, like, any, like, premium assets for them, you know? Because his value is so, value is so low. But, um... It must really yeah, suck. I mean, would you... It must really suck for him. Anytime he makes a basket, he gets a standing ovation from from the crowd that he actually yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> he's treated like a fucking make a wish kid, son. It's weird. <laughs> you sent him to Orlando or some shit, man. That's just sad. I completely forgot all about that. <laughs> he really, yeah, he really shouldn't consider coming to the Knicks. Uh, like they. <laughs> They treated him like a kid that was just brought up off like the short yellow bus and got to play in the game for a quarter. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but no, I feel for him. And I was definitely, I, I thought he was by far the best prospect in last year's draft. You know, like yeah. I, I saw like a James Harden kind of like remix like vibe to him. You know what I mean? Like break break off, off the pick and roll. You know what I mean? Uh, off the dribble, shoot threes, pull up jumpers, attack the baskets, long arms, play defense. And I don't know what the fuck happened. He just completely broke down and just. I just hope it's not another Anthony Bennett situation. Yeah. Like that's that would be sad. That's my worry. I feel like he's just gonna be another guy on the list of worst first round draft picks, unfortunately. But you know, hopefully hope not, he can. Hope hope, yeah, hopefully he can overcome whatever physical or mental issue that he's dealing with right now. Yeah, but but speaking of trades, since we were just talking about. The trading for faults. There was a trade today in the NBA. Did you see that? You, you talking about the the blockbuster trade that happened? A player is going home. Blockbuster. The fuck is that? Talking about Kyle we, Korver, we, only, man. we only fuck with Netflix around here, but uh, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, yeah. Kyle Korver going home. Back to back to the the beautiful Salt Lake City area where he will fit in most definitely. Shit, anywhere's better than um, Cleveland. That's depressing as shit. <laughs> Cleveland to Utah. My condolences. But, uh, no, nah, that was a good pickup for Utah. I mean, I'm watching Utah play right now against the Nets. They're up on them. But uh, they've been underachieving this season. Uh, Donald Mitchell having, like, a sophomore slump. But then uh, you look at all their offensive numbers and just their shooting percentages. Where Rubio shooting like shit. Uh, Joe Ingles. Uh, that's his pronunciation, right? Yeah. Joe Ingles or Ingles? Uh, <laughs> nah, he's not Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> He's mad. <All> right. <laughs> Joey Ingles. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's not shooting well either for for his standards. I think he's shooting like thirty seven percent from three, and last year it was like at forty four percent. So yeah. he's an elite shooter, and he just ain't been there this season. So Corver will definitely help him, and I know it's a tight race out west, which we will get to. Eh? Yeah, I mean, also like we that. gotta we gotta say what the Cavs got, and I'm I was very surprised they were able to pull it off because. They got they they not only got Alec Burks, who's a pretty solid rotational player, but they also got two second round picks uh, out of the Jazz. So, and this is a completely rebuilding team, and they were able to get a young guy who probably has a chip on his shoulder just because he was a fairly good player and he just kept getting injured. And they got two second round picks to add on to their uh, you know uh, list of uh, assets. Yeah, I mean that's a good like trade package for a thirty seven year old player. So it's a uh, it's a good trade for both teams, I think, because I think Corver's contract um, it's non guaranteed next season, so Utah could just use him for the season, for the playoff push, and just uh, cut bait next next summer and cl- clear up some money, I think, because I think Burks he got like a couple years left on his deal, 
Um, I, I I didn't check yet, but I think that's what it is. So good for Utah, good for Cleveland. So not not nothing crazy, but honestly, I hope this is like a sign that more trades are, are going to come. You know, like a false trade would be cool. Like if there's like some breaking news right now, like trade trades are always fun. You know what I mean? Yep. But uh, yeah. I mean, since we're on Utah, let's uh, we did promise our listeners in the last episode we do part two of our predictions. So Western Conference time. You ready? Yeah, and. For all of our listeners, this was a really hard list to make. And honestly, I feel like five minutes from now, I could just change up the list all over again. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's very different. The standings are crazy. I had I really didn't expect the Clippers to be number one right now. Uh, so let me just let me just quickly list out for everybody what the current standings are. Uh, just so you know, when we list our predictions, it'll there be some form of comparison. So. Uh, standings are uh, the standings are a clusterfuck, by the way. Like holy shit! But absolutely. Yeah, not to cut your. Basically, the number one uh, team in the West right now is thirteen and six as the Clippers, and the number eighth team is the Kings, and it's ten and ten. So they're only uh, three and a half games apart. But let's start off with the eighth seed. Uh, this is the current standings right now. It's the Sacramento Sacramento Kings. Seventh is LeBron's team, Los Angeles Lakers. Sixth is the Portland Trailblazers. Fifth is the Memphis Grizzlies. The fourth team is the OKC Thunder. Third are the Denver Nuggets. Second is the Golden State Warriors. And first is the LA Clippers. And it's crazy. The sixth seed is only one and a half games behind the first seed. And it's wild because all the way up until the right before the playoffs start, it's going to keep on staying this way. Uh, the eighth seed and the ninth team to not the ninth seed, which is a team that doesn't make it to the playoffs, are probably going to be a game or maybe even half a game apart. Uh, so I started off the East last week. Uh, why don't you start off the West for us? Your predictions, Nafi. Oh me, me? no nah, the other yeah. Nafi man. <laughs> oh, I'll let him go first. But no, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's get it popping. All right, so yeah, you got uh, number one. Well, no, no, no. Start off with eight, man. You got You got to build it up. Even though we Bro, probably know who number one is, but let's start. Let's start with eighth. I think we started from number one last week, though. Well, we was with the extra dramas. Week, no, we started uh, with. I'm pretty sure we started right. with eight. All right, all right. You know what? If you want to start with one, go for it. Because honestly, it would probably be more dramatic to go to eight for the West. Well, now I'm just gonna start off with random numbers, and you're just gonna have to piece them together. How about that, huh? Smart guy. <laughs> At four, I got the Lakers. Oh, me too. All right, right. (laughs) I was gonna go seven next, but all right. Number eight, I got the Pelicans. Um, actually, that's not true. Number eight, I got the Spurs. (laughs) Seven, I got the Pelicans. Six, I got Memphis. Uh, five, I got Denver. Four, Lakers. Three OKC, two Houston, and number one. Drum roll, please. I said drum roll, please. I'll edit it in, man. I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll try to edit it in. Are right, you know I got you? And I was about to say we got a drum roll, drum roll like sound. No, that's crazy. Our budget went up. Crazy. But uh, no, I got number one. I got Golden State. Uh, so, right. that's my list. <laughs> wow, you got 
you got the Rockets at second. They are right now, if the playoffs were today, they wouldn't make it. They would have the third I'm worst glad. record in the West. That's why. I'm glad the playoffs don't start in November as opposed to April. So We yeah. would see the Clippers versus the Kings. <laughs> First round. Shit, man, I'll pay to see that. You know, De'Aaron Fox versus uh, Shy Gilgis. You know what I mean? The Shy two Gilgis. Kentucky point guards. Alexander. Yep. All right. SGA. I'm going to just call him SGA. That's a name. That name long as hell, boy. What the fuck? All right. So, just to recap, you got the Spurs, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Nuggets, Lakers, Thunder, Rockets, and Warriors. Right? Is that what you got? Yes, sir. Got to write that in with a Sharpie, too. Ain't no pencil around here. (laughs) All right. He's a permanent monster. It's going to change. You know, it's honestly going to change within the next hour. Uh, But, all right. Eighth, I got the Spurs also. Uh, Oh, I noticed you didn't put the Jazz in yours. Yeah, you don't have the Jazz in yours. Instead, I got them nine. It was was, uh, between them and Spurs. Interesting. I don't know. I feel like the thing with the Jazz is just like, I don't know if you noticed, but like the the NBA kind of instituted new defensive rules before the season, like that freedom of movement, the freedom of movement rules. So like players can't be like mad handsy and like physical, like off the ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's affected Utah more than any other team, just because like their defense ain't as fire anymore. You know what I mean? Last year they were like elite, second best, third best defense, and now I don't even think they're top ten. Last I checked. Wait, so you can't so put your th- you, you got to keep your hands to yourself mostly on defense. Yeah, so like they're calling, they're paying more close attention to it now. I think ESPN did a whole article about it with um, not ESPN, I think it was uh, the Ringer. Yeah, so they interviewed a bunch of defenders. And I think PJ Tucker was saying how like it's different now because that's what the Rockets' whole defensive identity was last year, switching everything and just being mad physical. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of slowing it down so that the Harden and CP3 could ISO. So that's one of the reasons why they've been kind of underachieving. But you know they've been picking up lately. You know so. I think just like removing Melo for the equation kind of like stabilized things for them. They could go back to what what the formula that worked. Right. But uh, just going back to Utah, um, I don't know. I feel like Donovan Mitchell was a, a big surprise last year, and he had a great rookie year. He's having a sophomore slump this year, and like from what I read, he's not completely healthy. But at the same time, like I think the league is prepared for him now. Like they got tape on him. You know what I mean? Like these teams game plan and prepare, so like he's not a surprise anymore. They know his tendencies and. I think uh, I don't think he's gonna like really heat up drastically. You know what I mean? To the point where he carries him into the playoffs. And um, I don't know. Cor- they did pick up Corver, so they will be competitive. And like I said, I got him nine, so I could see them in San Antonio fighting for that eighth spot at the end of the season. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's my take on Utah. You got him in the playoffs? Like, what, what's your list? Nah, not anymore. <laughs> I had him. I had him two minutes ago. <laughs> your point was valid. All right. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, number eight, I have the Spurs as well. Number seven, I have the Clippers. Uh, number six, I have the Pelicans. At five, I have the Rockets. At four, I have the Lakers. At three, I have the Thunder. At two, I have the Nuggets. And at one, I have the Warriors. Big uh, Nuggets fan, huh? Big yeah. Nuggets guy. They're going to be that team to kill it in the regular season and then underperform in the playoffs. 
There's one of those whoa, every year. Whoa, 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 hold up. Maybe. Hold up, time out. I just noticed. I just noticed our list. Neither of us is Portland. That is a mistake. You think so? That was not intentional. Yeah, because I think like they are like you just mentioned like great regular season team, and that's basically what Portland been. They're the epitome of that, and not even gonna hold you. Lillard been having a great season, probably his best season so far. Um, yeah, Nurkic has been having a good year. Um, I checked CJ McCollum's shooting numbers. Is he's not to the level he usually is, but I think he could snap out of it. But I think they got a formula that works, and they did pick up some nice role players like Seth Curry and um. Uh, Nick Stauskas off the bench so they got good shooting now off the bench and I think that's what their formula is like their defense is literally like funnel everybody into the paint let Nurkic like uh by lock down the paint and he's a pretty good defensive big man and on offense they'll just kill you with shooting and good passing so um I definitely got them in the playoffs I just you gotta take out you gotta take out the Spurs or you might want to take out the Grizzlies I'm kind of surprised you you kept them in there I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the blasphemy right now. I'm I'm gonna do the blasphemous. No, history I'm, history. No no, you can't do that. Come on, dude. I, it was like 18 years in a row, minimum. Hold up, now, uh, Mr. Former Spurs fan. I'm I'm looking at you as as biased. So like, uh, it, it, your point of view is appreciated, but I, I'm gonna have to knock the Spurs out of there, bro. Gonna gonna have to. You can't beat right, the six. system. You think you can beat the system? You can't beat the fact that even Pop said that, like, this team is like an expansion team now because everybody's learning how to play together and they're all new guys. Like, that's literally what he said this week, bro. Like, that this is Greg Popovich saying that about his own team. And they've been facing some injuries. If they had DeJounte Murray, um, uh, like, he's a big part of, like, their their team because he was a second second team all defense last year. And I, I had a I had him having, like, a breakout season this year. And he's, he's out for a year. I think today came out Paul Gasol fractured his foot so he's he's been a big part of like their team like not playing major minutes but he's a key rotation piece you know what i mean like they don't i don't think they have any way they can really replace him in terms of his smarts his iq his passing the rebounding the post like offense so i don't know i'm gonna have to take the spurs out of there um it's, it's weird to say but i don't know i mean that's that's the effect of losing a player like Kawhi and replacing him with dollar store Kawhi. so let's update all right let me update my list Top five is gonna stay the same, but six I'm gonna put Portland. You're put oh Seven. oh okay. You're putting them all the way up there. Man, six ain't that high. It's the West too. They could be like a half game difference between six and like two. Honestly, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, seven I'm gonna put the 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 Pelicans. And an eight I'm gonna drop Memphis there. You know what I mean? Like I, I believe in what they're doing, but. Now that I'm thinking about it, having them six was kind of lofty. But yeah, that that's the list right now. Final. Write that in Sharpie. So you're I said not that earlier, but let me get this straight. You're not gonna keep the team that's number one right now that won the last eight out of ten games, the Clippers. Can you name eight Clippers players right now, without looking it up? I could name four. I think. <laughs> that's half of eight. All right. Good, good shit. Good. Eight, yo, good eight players is a lot. Up. Can you can you name eight players on? The Nuggets? I could try. Fuck it. Jokic, Millsap, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, um, Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, Mason Plumley, Isaiah Thomas. Not bad. You're uh, missing one key player. I'm just naming whoever comes to come to mind right now. Uh, Gary Harris. Yeah. There you go. 
Nice, nice, nice. You got it. Yeah, see? Don't ever don't ever doubt this basketball intellect, my brother. But uh back to the Clippers. I don't know how we got the Nuggets. But uh Yeah, I mean, I see your point. Like they're playing pretty good. I see the top of the standings. But I think they're definitely like one of those teams. They don't really have an all star. They got like a good like a nine or ten man rotation of a bunch of guys that fit well, play hard and like you know, they the they they sneak up on teams, you know what I mean? And like they're coached well, like as much shit that Doc Rivers gets as a GM when he used to be the GM of the Clippers. And he's overrated as a coach, but like this is the kind of team that he, I feel like he's he's best with, like a scrappy team, you know what I mean, without like championship expectations, you know? Um because we you got to go back to his days even in Orlando, you know, he had like that that garbage ass squad in the in the playoffs despite the East being still trash, like they he still took him to the playoffs as a coach. So but that's my, my whole point is just the West is so fucking tough and I just feel like long term I don't think it's, it's sustainable. They don't really have a superstar. I think they um they obviously got a hard hot start, but like this is not even like barely a quarter of the way into the season if that, you know. I think it's definitely tail off. Yeah. It's been a quarter, all right, yeah. but like still seventy five percent of the season left. But I feel like uh, the Clippers and like Kings, especially, they'll 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 come back down to earth a little bit because honestly, like despite how well they've been playing, they don't really have stars, and we just know in the league, it's that's that's dead ass what it boils down to at the end of the day. The teams that have stars, especially in a tough conference like the the West, those are the teams that'll come up and you know grab those playoff spots. So I think uh, I don't think the Clippers will finish with like a losing record. I think they'll be they'll basically be like a 45-win team, and I don't think that's enough to get them in the playoffs in the West. Because I think the teams below them, especially like the Rockets, um, like the Pelicans, um, and obviously Portland's down there too. Those teams will heat up, and then you know eventually that you know Golden State they're gonna grab that number one spot easy once Steph gets back and they get right and the drama just kind of puts it aside. I'll see the Clippers definitely not hanging out to number one, but I don't even see them like getting into the top eight, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they get up the eight seed, you know, but I don't think they'll be a top four seed. Like hell no. <laughs> so something that something that I read recently that was interesting, I think in the last three years, um, on average fourteen out of the sixteen teams that are projected to make the playoffs when it's twenty five percent of the season, which is right now, make the playoffs. Uh so it's like two teams, uh, at least the last three years, just something interesting that I saw. But I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't really agree. I, I definitely think the Clippers are going to make the playoffs because, I mean, when you look at it, recently, a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, back-to-back overtime games, they beat Milwaukee and Golden State. Uh, they beat the Spurs. They beat, they've beat they beaten the Rockets several times. They they beat OKC. Um, so I, I don't know. They, they have some very good wins, uh, especially against very good teams, uh, high-seed, top-seed teams. Um, they beat you know the Portland Trailblazers three days ago. I'm pretty high on them. I think definitely at least over the Grizzlies, they should make the playoffs. If I choose between those two, definitely the Clippers over the Grizzlies. <clears throat> what's your what's your gripe with the Grizzlies? Uh? No, I mean they were expect. I mean Mike Conley. I can't I can't underrate the guy. He's very good. Uh, he's a very good player. And it looks like Marcus All's back. Um, but I, I think this was a team that was expected to be a lottery team at the beginning of the season. I don't have much of a gripe against them, but besides those two guys and Jaron Jackson Jr., but at the end of the day, he's a rookie. We can't expect too, you know, too much from him. But he's a great rookie who's he's been killing it though. He has been killing it. Killing it. Uh, but besides, you know, those three guys, everybody else is isn't. I 
Dude, they get Marshawn Brooks still plays. I see yeah, he made awesome. a comeback with them. Oh shit! But Marshawn um, Brooks is I, back. Oh shit! Okay. My fake bad. ass Kobe. But uh, <laughs> nah, nah. I, I think I cut you off. But uh, I disagree, bro. Because uh, like, uh, I definitely don't think everybody had him in the lottery. Like, I felt like most of what I've seen and what I believe even before the season. I think we even brought it up in one of those demo podcasts we recorded. But as long as the Grizzlies got Gasol and Conley healthy, they're in the playoff conversation. If not a lot for the playoffs, they're always going to be fighting for it if those two are healthy. But we saw, like, was it last year? Yeah, they're they both out. Shit, yeah, the shit went off the rails once their two, like, their two foundational pieces was, was not there. You know what I mean? So, um, and I feel like they low-key had a good summer because they picked up, like, smart, high IQ players that are tough that fit the, their main guys. Like, Garrett Temple, a lot of, like, casual fans don't know him, but he's a 3 and D, like, uh, high IQ player. And I feel like, you know, in some of these GM surveys and, like, even reporters that, like, speak with people around the league, they say Garrett Temple is one of the smartest players in the league. Like, they see him going into coaching right away after he retires, you know? And, like, honestly, he's, like, exactly the type of uh, uh, ex-player that can make a good coach. Like, those role players that not a lot of people know when they're playing, and then they're, they're suddenly, like, uh, a coach, you know what I mean? Like, an NBA coach. Like, I, like he's a he's been a great fit, great 3 and D guy, playmaker, secondary playmaker. Um, Sheldon Mack is a solid backup point guard, and he honestly might be the best backup point guard the Grizzlies have ever had since Mike Conley's uh, become like a really good player. Um, Kyle Anderson from the Spurs, versatile kid, um, plays small forward, a great passer, you know what I mean? Tough defender. And uh, Jaron Jackson, and I think we got to give him props just for the fact that he's one of the youngest players in the draft, but like he's uh, just the other night against the Knicks, he had seven blocks. Like he's protecting the rim. He's shooting lights out from, from beyond the arc. Like, he's a modern NBA big man, and he has, uh, like, the privilege of, like, learning from Marcus All as, like, a 19 or 20-year-old. That's that's huge. And he's been killing it just, like, playing off of Gasol in that starting lineup, I think, right? And I think Jermichael, Jermichael Green's been gone for a minute now since he got hurt. But he's a solid uh, backup big man as well. And he used to be a starter before they got Jaron Jackson. And... Uh, like he's another guy that a lot of people don't know. It's like that's basically what the Grizzlies are. It's like underrated g- group of guys that fit well, high IQ, and they're basically going the opposite direction from the rest of the league. Like they went back and embraced like that grit and grind style, like slow it down, play tough defense. I think they're like the second best team in the league right now in terms of defensive efficiency, but like they're number 22 in pace. You know what I mean? So they're they're shooting more threes than they used to back in the day, so they're like a modernized version of what they were, but I feel like that's a formula that works. And if Gasol and Conley both stay healthy, I don't see them like not making the playoffs. And I got more confidence in them making the playoffs than the Clippers, so I think that's where we're going to differ, but, I mean, that's the fun part about all this shit. We'll see how that works out, right? We got this recorded. We can we can refer back to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm talking hella shit when you're wrong, when I know you're going to be wrong. But <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's in, uh, I mean, a lot of the points that you made about the Grizzlies, minus you know the all-star power of Gasol and Conley, can be made about the Clippers, too, because they do have a lot of smart, scrappy players. they got Patrick Beverly there, uh, Avery Bradley, who's, I think, injured right now. Uh, they got Shy Gilgis. Um, but... And Harrell. Harrell's having a breakout season, but also uh, Tobias Harris has been on the come-up for a few years now, and this year he'll pro- he might just be an all-star. Uh, he's been killing it every year. I think he's averaging close to 22 points and maybe 8-9 rebounds, and he's scoring threes yeah. and he's efficient. So he could be – he he's, you know, an all-star level cal- – he's an all-star caliber player. Uh, mm-hmm. And Lou Williams, sixth man of the year. You know, 
I mean, you don't know. I mean, the West is stacked. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. I, I like Toby, you know, Toby yeah. Harris, big, big, big guy, big fan. You know, I think he's a native New Yorker too. So I, I like him. He's a, I like his game, but um, at the end of the day, you can't like what you said at the start, you, excluding the two star level kind of guys and Conley and Gasol, even though Conley's never been an all-star, but that's just cause like he's played in the West and they're always stacked with guards. That's a big thing. Cause like at the end of the day, stars run the league so we know who the Grizzlies like foundation are you know what I mean Clippers don't have that I think Tobias is the closest thing to that consistently but I just feel like they're the embodiment of like an overachieving scrappy tough tough-minded kind of or like, tough-minded kind of like regular season team that like gets wins and sneaks up on teams but I think they're gonna get figured out by the all-star break you know what I mean and then I think the rest of the West is going to catch up and improve while the kind of the Clippers come down to earth a little bit. But that's just me. You know what I mean? I definitely don't think they're more of a lock for the playoffs than the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, if I had to make a bold prediction, I would predict that they're going to make some form of a nice trade to get a better, you know, all-star caliber player uh, just in preparation for free agency because their name is coming up uh, in a lot of connecting, connecting themselves to a lot of players like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, so as a bold prediction, I predict they're going to you know, trade a couple of these guys and try to get uh, a better player in preparation for summer 2019. Okay. I mean, we're kind of talking about the Clippers too much. We are the Nick-ish podcast, even That's though we're kind of going over the West Conference. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, like, what's your list again? Like, top to bottom, West? Uh, for, for the time being, uh... You said top for top this to, minute. You said top to bottom or yeah. bottom to top? Yeah, top to mid, top to bottom. Yeah, for right. right now, at this moment, not two minutes from now. From now, right. <laughs> at this moment, top eight: number one, Warriors; number two, the Nuggets; number three, the Thunder; number four, the Lakers; number five, the Rockets; number six, the Pelicans; number seven, the Clippers; and number eight, the Spurs. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Lakers over Houston is kind of bold, you know. I know, I know. You just it's bold. I, I just gotta trust LeBron James. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's 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 there. really all there is to it. No numbers, <laughs> numbers aside, record aside, I just gotta trust Correct. LeBron James to Correct. at least get a top four seed. Okay, but I'm just saying, bro. Like Houston, it was the second best team in the league last year. Um, they're going back to the formula that worked. They got back their defensive coach that, mind you, missed like pretty much the whole summer and like the start of the season. So even he's got to get back into the swing of things and institute that defensive system that was worked so well last year. And we know like the Rockets GM Daryl Morey he has a he has an aggressive reputation. Uh, he could swing for the fences and make a trade. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we know we we know Bradley Beal and the Wizard and, and John Wall are on the market. Pretty much all the Wizards guys are on the market. They get Bradley Beal, you put him with CP3 and Arden. Like, that's a hell of a fucking big three. That'll skyrocket them up to the top two, top three standings. I but think I'd rather get Otto Porter if I were the Rockets. They're missing that wing player. Yeah, but like oh, Bradley Beal is a much better player, bro. Like, what the hell? Like I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of that context before. I'd rather have Otto Porter than no, Bradley no. I think I, I think they have a better chance. I don't even chance. think Otto Porter's mother <laughs> would say that. <laughs> I. All right, fine, fine, fair enough, fair enough. I just, I just see Otto Porter. <laughs> All right, fine, you know what, whatever. <laughs> you got that one. 
No, I see what you're saying. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. He's a good fit. He's a wing player. But, yo, even Daryl Morey will tell you, you get stars first and worry about fit later. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that Bradley Bill fitting seamlessly next to Harden and uh, fucking uh, CP3. You throw them, throw with the Wizards, Eric Gordon, a couple of first-round picks, and, like, what is it, Mar- Marcus Chris, the, the kid they got from Phoenix? Yeah. Like, that could do it. I mean, you upgrade from Gordon to Beal, put him in the starting lineup. That's a fucking nasty lineup, bro. Them three, P.J. Tucker and Capella, I don't know. I mean, they might be able to give with the Warriors five games. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should do this again after, close to or at least after the All Star break, and probably gonna laugh at ourselves for making these predictions, but we shall see. Yeah, I will definitely laugh at you for your Clippers prediction in a no, couple months, but no. uh, they'll still be in it. They're gonna be number one in the league. No, they're not gonna be number one in the league, but I was yeah. about to say you put some voodoo on like Golden State, like the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but, uh, we, we, we have yeah. been talking a lot about what's going on in the NBA, not too much about the Knicks, but, you know, sometimes it got to be that way. Uh, the Knicks are, I don't know when they're playing next. They have a game against the Bucks soon. I was trying to go to that, but I don't think it can. Um, uh, I don't know who they're playing next. I okay. mean, the Knicks are the Knicks. They're, they're at the bottom of the standings, but number one in our hearts, and hopefully number one in the lottery, so... That's all that can be said at this moment, and you know we'll see. Maybe we'll, next episode we we'll talk about new Nick Markle faults. Who knows? Anything's possible. Say, you know. Okay, KG, wrap it up. <laughs> Anything's possible. All right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yep. Thank you all for listening to this episode. This is episode number six of the Nickish Podcast. If you don't already, please follow us on Instagram. It's Nick underscore Ish. Uh, subscribe on apple uh and review and rate us follow us on spotify soundcloud and we appreciate everyone listening in and just you know reviewing us and letting us know how we're doing and that's pretty much it next game for the knicks is saturday december 1st against the milwaukee bucks and that's that's a wrap tune in for episode number seven zion williamson if you're listening Just know we're warming up your jersey, boy.